Hello, hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of The Daily Friend Wrap. I'm your host, Nicholas Lorimer, joined today by Mr. Herman Pretorius. Let's get into the news of today, and the first thing we're going to talk about is a poll from the Social Research Foundation about how the election in KwaZulu-Natal might turn out next year. So it's a little bit complicated. They did a whole bunch of turnout scenarios, trying to guess what percentage of the electorate was going to turn out, and the results differ a little bit between the different turnouts. Um, but basically, the upshot of this poll is that the ANC is looking at a very large drop-off in the province. Uh, in 2019, the ANC got about, I think, 55% of the vote in KZN. And on the current projections, it's looking at dropping down into uh, the, the 40s at this point. Um, the DA is looking at going up a couple of points from about 14% to 20%. And the IFP is also looking at some big growth, although the numbers on that one are a little bit complicated. Um, it's somewhere between 18 and 26%. Uh, the poll was taken just as Butlezi died, and apparently the results were much more positive after Butlezi died, presumably because he was back in the news and people were remembering his legacy and that kind of thing. Uh, but we're looking now at a situation where the ANC, the ANC and EFF together will be around sort of 48-ish, 46% of the votes in KZN, according to this poll. And the DA and IFP will be at a similar level, maybe 45 to 47%, somewhere around there, uh, in, if this poll turns out to be correct. Now, like I said, there's a lot of caveats and stuff that I don't want to get into. But, um, Herman, what do you make of this? Do you buy uh, the analysis of this poll? And what do you think it means for the electoral future of KZN? during next year's elections? I, I, I think the, the data overall looks sound. Um, it looks in line with every sort of uh, piece of data, scrap of data that you can find from polling, whether it's from the internals of some of the political parties or whether it's um, on a larger scale, the trajectories in by-elections. Um, the, the thing that makes it so interesting for me here is that KwaZulu-Natal is on a knife edge. Um, it really is a tight race based on turnout. Uh, on a turnout of 66%, a relatively high turnout, um, the ANC does better. If that turnout dips to the mid-high 50s, that benefits the IFP and the DA. Now, I think we should expect a relatively dipped turnout below 60. I'm guessing about 57-ish. But what this really shows us is that it's going to come down to the boring, nitty-gritty logistics of Election Day and Registration Weekend. Um, never in the history of South Africa has differential turnout been such a key factor in what political direction a province like Kuzunatal or even Gauteng will go. We often see politics as the grand battle of ideas, currents of opinion this way and that. It's so tight now that it really might come down to who get who gets their voters registered, who gets them out on voting day. It's already a tight situation in Kauteng and Kuzunatal, and this poll just underscores that um, it, it really is coming down to the comma, what comes after the comma. It's no longer the big battles that will determine what happens in the politics. That, of course, plays a role but it becomes the boring logistics. I can't remember who it was that said it might have been uh, um, um, the famous strategist, can't remember his name now, um, uh, European man, von Clausewitz, uh, who said that 
good generals care about strategy. Great generals care about logistics. Exactly. I think that's that's completely correct. It also suggests to me if the ANC is going to take a big hammering in a place like KZN. KZN is, of course, the second most populous province in the country after Gauteng. And uh, that means that the national vote share is going to take a real bit of a beating. Um, it seems like the only super safe havens left for the ANC in the country, places where they just don't seem to be losing by-elections that much, are places like Mpumalanga and the Eastern Cape. They really seem to be in trouble. Uh, there's some EFF inroads in Limpopo in the northwest. Uh, Northern Cape is a, always a complicated mix. Uh, there's reasons, I think, to think that they won't do as well as they hope in the Free State. They've fallen apart in the Western Cape. Polls are looking bad for them at Gauteng. Uh, this, I think, should be worrying the ANC strategists quite a lot. All right. And Let us, on, yeah, go ahead. Just very, very briefly, to put this in context, if you take a ward in Tswane, it has nine voting districts or nine places where people can vote in it. You need at least four volunteers per voting point per, per, per VD. That means for just one ward by-election in a place like Tone, uh, which is relatively representative of, of your more suburban and urban areas, you need 30, 40 volunteers. The ANC has for long managed to get that volunteer turnout because it had right. a chugging along patronage network. A party that in the last few years on regular intervals couldn't pay its salaries will face immense trouble just getting the logistics right. And that is why the motivation for turnout is going to be a big thing to drive. If the ANC can't get its voters to the polls, this sort of data will become worse and worse and worse because the ANC has always relied on a powerful election machine in the last three weeks of an election campaign. If that machine isn't running, they're in a lot of trouble. Very well said. Okay, let's move on to our next story. And this is about uh, the Parliamentary Ethics Committee. We've got two stories on this one. The first one is that the Parliamentary Ethics Committee has found that Deputy Leader of the EFF, Floyd Shivambu, has violated their policies by not disclosing 180,000 rand he received in three separate payments from a company owned by his brother in August of 2017. That company uh, infamously received 16 million rand from the now defunct VBS bank illegally. Uh, essentially, the bank was looted, all of the people's savings were lost, and this money was transferred out to people like Floyd Schwab's brother. And uh, I would say that this is pretty good um, that he is getting sanctioned for this. Um, there have long been questions around the EFF's connection to VBS Bank and what's going on with it. But I will say, Herman, that it is frustrating once again that it's taken so long. I mean, it's been six years since this allegedly happened. And um, also complicating matters is that Julius Malema was also found by the Parliamentary Ethics Committee that there wasn't really enough evidence that he had also benefited from VBS, uh, which is not something I entirely buy. Herman, what do you make of this? I think it is a good thing. There's, I mean, a, a droplet of accountability is better than a drought of accountability. But the problem is that this accountability is six years after the fact, four years after the complaint was initially laid with the Ethics uh, Committee in Parliament. And what's also rather troubling and upsetting is, if you look at reporting on this, it seems that Shivambo's uh, sanction will be having 
nine days of salary docked. That's it. For uh, yeah. uh, for 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 uh, imperiling the integrity um, of our body politic of our constitutional uh, system, he loses the pay of nine days. I mean that is that is laughable. Yes, and and to make matters worse, this is going to be challenged in court, and I suspect it's going to drag on for a while because the EFF says that uh, this was in fact a loan, not a donation. Uh, and therefore, he didn't have to declare it because apparently you don't have to declare loans according to them uh, to Parliament. So this will go to the courts. Who knows who will win? Um, but uh, we'll, 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 it's going to drag on for some time yet. And uh, also, and you go ahead. On, on on this point, what 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 opposition parties or other parties opposed to the EFF should realise about this? The EFF is a bit like Donald Trump in the sense that just publishing a mugshot or just publishing a, a, a hostile finding will not be enough to damage the electoral appeal. There must be a narrative around that saying that this man robbed pensioners. And, and that, that they, and, is the sort of politics that must be made. And that they never concede ground sort of on any point ever. Um, yeah. As you say, the sanction is not very severe here, and yet... Uh, the EFF is still going to court over it. Okay, um, also from the Parliamentary Ethics Committee, Police Minister Becky Trele has been found guilty of breaching the Code of Ethical Conduct for MPs after he got into a bit of a, a public shouting match with activist uh, Ian Cameron. Uh, there was a crime in Bizo and this went viral where uh, Trele uh, was being accused of not protecting communities, not deploying police to hotspots, um, by by the activist, and he responded, quote, I am a son of the soil. I choose not to speak about politics today. Whatever happens to me, I will be buried in this country. I did not join human rights battles yesterday. Well, I will not be called a garden boy. Don't provoke me. I've lived this life. Shut up. And at which point uh, uh, Cameron was dragged out by some cops because he continued to shout back at Trele. The committee found that if Trele was unhappy with the manner in which Cameron addressed the issues, uh, that as an MP, Pele was required to act in a manner that would maintain public confidence and trust in the integrity of Parliament and thereby engender the respect and confidence the society needs to have in Parliament as a representative institution. Uh, Cameron said he was pleased with this outcome, saying it's good that Pele is being held publicly accountable. Herman, I pretty much agree on this point. Uh, it was a real low point for what is supposed to be sort of consultative government um, to have the police minister shouting at someone who's done a lot of good work to highlight serious issues of crime around the country. What do you make of this? Yeah, I, I, I welcome it. I'm glad of it. But I'm even more glad of the fact that it happened. Um, if this is what the ANC has to fight the politics of the next decade, if this is the caliber of leadership they have, to quote a statement of our time, they're not sending their best. They are impoverished when it comes to the ability to politically win. And if you want to lose the trust of the people at a rapid pace, get videos of your deputy, your deputy, uh, deputy president having his security guards pummeling civilians and have a video of the police minister in a crime-ridden country yelling at a proactive, constructive activist to shut up. Oh, keep doing this, Minister Clele, I beg you. Yes, not a great look at all. But anyway, I'm glad that there has been some sanction, even if it's not nearly enough. But 
you know, a step in the right direction. Anyway, that is all the time we have for today. We hope that you found this interesting. And that's a wrap. Thank you.